aspiration this morning is to settle into a flow of God and, and get past the notes. Uh, many times in the past, I get my notes and I get so bound up to the notes and I'm wired to flow. Yes, you are. So, <clears throat> um, uh, so just be agreeing with that with me this morning because uh, God has some good things for us. Uh, Lord, I just thank you that you are restoring all of us to Mary's choice. Um, where you are the absolute first in our life, Lord, where we take our place at your feet. Lord, we just give ourselves over to you afresh. We give ourselves over to your Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you that this church will be marked and will be known as um, we can tell these people have been spending time with Jesus. So we thank you for it in advance, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. This is Pastor Appreciation Month, isn't it? It is. So we appreciate you, Pastor Trevor, Pastor Mel. You guys are awesome. Uh, Percy, I appreciate you. Yeah, come on. Uh, They actually go through a whole lot, a lot that a lot of people don't see. So um, honor those who are over us. You know, I think that's that's in the Bible somewhere. (laughs) And uh, I don't think it was a suggestion, you know. It fits right in with the other ten suggestions. <laughs> uh, personally, I appreciate your evangelistic gift and your gift of prophecy. I know that there's more with you, but as far as me knowing you, uh, who doesn't like something pure? Uh, I do. I'm sure the rest of you do. If you wanted a drink of water, uh, you'd want water that's even filtered water, you know. Uh, this blood's for you. This one's been bought and paid for, and it's been made clean. So, uh, in the book of James, in chapter 3, it talks about um, uh, having salt and fresh water, and out of the same fountain, sometimes two people are offering, out of the same fountain, fresh and salt water. The salt water is those who bless God with their mouth on one hand, and then they're cursing someone else or slandering someone else on the other hand. And uh, it said, this ought not be. (laughs) Well, who's the container of water? We are. We're the container of water. And by looking at me, could you tell, actually looking at these two bottles, could you tell which one of these has got salt in it? You're guessing this one? Okay, I'm glad you said that, because this one actually has salt in it. And you wouldn't know it until you tasted it. So, uh, we endeavor to try to refresh others, right? Because we're the fountain that's supposed to refresh one another. And if I've been, haven't been speaking so nicely about Brother Trevor here, and then I endeavor to try to refresh him, he can't tell which... which, uh, what I'm carrying until I attempt to refresh him. And it becomes painfully obvious to him which fountain I've been participating of when when it comes to his life. So the whole, oh, God bless you, I love you. As an outsider looking in, you'll think, well, isn't that nice for him to say? As the recipient of the one who's hearing, I love you, can tell whether or not it's fresh or salt water. Isn't that not true? Sometimes you just decide to believe the best of old people, and you say, yeah, they say it. Okay, I'll take them at their word. 
But there's something about it. When you know someone is for you and they say, good to see you, you feel the river coming from them. Ah, oh, it's so good to be in your presence. Why? Because the water you're carrying for me is quite fresh and it's been clean, it's pure. So <clears throat> we ought to be that way for everybody. And it's a practice. So if you get something in your heart for someone that's not there, we're to purify ourselves. There's a, I got a few scriptures about being pure and loving the brotherhood fervently. So if you have someone that might not be in your inner circle, but they come to your mind, that's a great opportunity to say, okay, Lord, teach me to pray. I mean, everyone wants to learn something. And uh, who here learns by doing? Right. I mean, we all want more of God. And he's like, well, you want more of me, and I've already given you everything, and I want to know what you're doing with what I've given you already. So if you want more of God and want to look more like him, Prayer for people is just a great opportunity to practice. You can bring someone and say, okay, Lord, this is how I actually feel about them. And what we were talking in pre-service prayer this morning about, uh, it's amazing how you think you can fool God. You know, it's like he doesn't already know. If you get odd against your heart against someone, it's okay. You can say, yeah, this is just the reality. But uh, so go ahead and just bring that person before God and deal with yourself because prayer is all about dealing with you. And that's the part that causes you to grow up into God is you keep dealing with you. And no matter what comes your way, it's going to keep dealing with you and keep dealing with you. And you're, that's how you get more of God. I mean, I am so grateful for Catch the Fire. I find it really a safe place. I find it a place that uh, you actually get real love. When I come here, I get a, a cold glass of, of water, pure water. And it's like... You know, everybody wants to go to a church where the, actually the water you get from the church is actually clean water. It's pure water. It's holy water. And you're like, okay, this is awesome. So I'd be missed if I went any further without saying thank you so much, Trevor Mel, for the opportunity for not only receiving my wife and I, but the opportunity to stand here representing with Catch the Fire today. So thank you so much. <clears throat> Love you right back. Uh, yeah, just a, just a little side story. <clears throat> when I was in school, um, my marks weren't always the best. So I'd bring my report card home, and my dad would look at my report card and say, uh, what happened with you? What are you doing with your time in school when I think you're doing your homework? And uh, I don't know. I said, well, I don't know. Maybe I got some kind of syndrome or something. <laughs> he said, you don't have a syndrome. You're just lazy. Well, maybe that's the syndrome. <laughs> Uh, I don't know, does anybody carry a paper Bible anymore? Yeah. Okay, awesome. Um, I still like uh, paper. About, it's something about, for me about handling the Word. Uh, I like my iPhone when I'm in bed and I can hold it up and I don't have to hold a Bible up like this to read, but uh, um, I can mark up my Bible, I can make special notes and whatever. So, uh, if you have your Bible, turn with me to Romans chapter 12. You know, life has rules. It's always funny when I hear someone say, um, you know what, I don't like the whole church thing. You know, it's just got too much rules for me. And I, the rules, first of all, are there to protect you, uh, to give you a better life, not to steal away from your life. But this one guy said to me, you know, I don't like all the rules that they give. And I said, okay, well, if they're God's rules, they're usually pretty liberating. 
And uh, so I said, what is it you do? He says, well, I like playing football. And I said, oh, the, the football doesn't have any rules? <laughs> and, uh, well, he said, well, of course they have rules. And I said, uh, what position do you play? He said, I'm a receiver. And for those who don't know, he's the guy that runs down the field and catches the ball. And I said, uh, you ever made a great catch? And he said, oh, yeah, he was pretty confident. And uh, I said, you ever make one of those sideline catches where you got to keep both feet in bounds? And the ball is actually out of bounds, but it counts as a play because you kept the ball in bounds even though it was over here. And, uh, yeah, he wanted to just go ahead and tell me a story about where he was almost laid out sideways with his feet in and caught that ball, just like Marvin Harrison in the NFL. And uh, I said, so what made that play so spectacular is the boundaries you had to abide by. I said, if you take the boundaries away from that game, I said, it's no longer a spectacular catch. What made uh, that so spectacular is that you were playing within the rules and you could do something within the rules uh, and the boundaries that just made it over the top. That's what life is all about. You've got a set of rules to live by. I mean, I love rules. Without those boundaries and rules, there's nothing looks spectacular. Everything is just all whatever, whatever. So... Um, yeah, so all of a sudden I said Christianity is the same way. Life is the same way. You're going to get a whole set of rules that you get a chance to live by. And I said, did you, did you practice before you came to your football game? Oh, yeah. So I said, there's a discipline in what you have to do. I mean, you have to actually study and memorize and, and practice routes so that you actually get really good at what you're doing. He said, oh, yeah. I said, well, do you drink the night before you're going to play on it? No, I don't drink the night before. He said, that wouldn't. Okay, so every, all these things, these disciplines and these practices help make your game a whole lot better. So uh, living an, an awesome life in God is exactly the same way. So anyway, he just kind of did the hmm, that uh, anything that God has for you is just going to totally electrify your life if it's a boundary. And it's going to make, make those areas that have boundaries, that's where the, the spotlight is going to be. That's where the shining is going to be when you can function at a high capacity within the parameters of the game. And uh, so anyway, he was able to relate with that, and uh, so was I, actually. Okay. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. Uh, the first few words is the, the part that I want to focus on is, uh, for by the grace given me. Um, Everybody, anybody ever here, we've all been given a measure of faith yeah. or the measure of faith. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about you. I've heard it taught that the measure is the same for everybody. And I can tell you the measure is not the same for everybody. Uh, because the scripture is clear on the, uh, of confirming itself. So that's what we're going to do is let the scripture confirm itself. Uh, Paul was an apostle. Um, you ever had someone try to correct you and it wasn't exactly seasoned with grace when they're trying to correct you? And how well does that go for you? It doesn't. It's like, okay, that's a good opinion. You can keep to yourself, you know. <clears throat> but when you've been sitting under correction and the word is seasoned with grace, uh, I might not be the carrier of grace. I've actually looked at someone and wanted to deliver a word so bad. It's like, you really need to hear this. And I felt God saying, you deliver that word, and a wall's going to go up, and you can kiss that relationship goodbye. Wow. So I said, yeah, I slowly want to give it to him, though. Yeah, well, right now, this word is more for you. So, 
Um, but then shortly thereafter, you find yourself sitting in a service with that same person, and the word you wanted to deliver, someone else is delivering the word with grace, and they were able to receive it. But the person, for by the grace given them, was able to speak, you know? Um, so we have different gifts, and we have different graces. It's not just one grace for everything. There is a master grace, and then there is graces differing. Uh, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think more highly of yourself than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. So some people stop there and say, well, we all have the same faith. Well, let's just keep reading. Uh, verse 4, just as each one of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we who are many form one body. Each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. So the gift is different according to the grace. So there's a grace for pastoring. There's a grace for apostleship. There's a grace for this. And it's not just the five offices. It goes on to say, uh, if you're prophesying... uh, According to the grace given us, if a man's gift is prophecy, let him prophesy in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. So one's a speaker, one's serving, but they both have a grace. One has a grace to serve. Everybody wants to be a speaker, not everybody wants to serve. I got like 10 different directions I want to go right now. I'll just pick one and I'll try to recover. Okay. You know, there are four Gospels, and the full Gospel is actually the four Gospels. Some people say, well, the full Gospel is healing, it's tongues. Well, yeah, that's all part of it. But the, full, the four Gospels, you've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew uh, is a representation of the kingship of Jesus. How many people have heard that before? Okay. Mark is, is, a, is a part of the full Gospels, which is what? A picture of an ox, which means someone who serves or a worker. Okay. Um, Luke is uh, a man, and John is an eagle, which represents a deity or the spirit of God. So as a church, we get pretty conditioned to uh, Matthew. Oh, I'm a, ro- I'm a king. I'm a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Wonderful. That's absolutely true. We also get, I just want to live in the spirit, which is the gospel of John. And I just want to talk about the other two where kings are meant to serve and they're not meant to lord it over everybody else. You know, um, there are some people that they don't mind working, but they do it as a king. They know that I'm not a slave. I don't have a slave mentality. I don't have a servant mentality where I am less than. I am absolutely complete. But I don't need everybody else to serve me. I am totally equipped to help serve other people. And uh, just another bunny trail even before I finish that one. I mean, everybody should have a Ken Haslam in their life. I mean, I just love that guy like cook food. <laughs> we're not really supposed to boast about other people. The Bible says it. But he also said to Abraham, um, I will make your name great. You know, don't you go making your name great. But I can't help it if other people start talking about you. That's on them, you know. Because word gets around, you know. So, um, and I have a feeling there's certain people in this church that word is going to get around. You're not looking to make your name great, but you can't stop it from God making it great because he said, I'll make your name great.
Help me. Where was I at where before I took that last bunny trail? <laughs> um, measure of grace. Four Gospels, thank you. Okay. Uh, sometimes we say we want more of God and we just want all the spirit. Well, Jesus was completely God and he was completely man. And uh, for me, my communion with God is ha- knowing where he has met me as a man. You know, there's nothing I'll ever go through in this life that he hasn't gone through. And uh, so the basis of my communion with him is he's identified with me where I'm at. And he says, well, come also identify with me where I'm at. You meet me here, but I'll meet you there. It's like that. So um, I really appreciate that part of it where the natural realm has not been aborted because of the spirit. You know, so the full gospel is, yes, we get to do the spirit realm, but God also needs workers and people who will take heaven into the earth. Not people who are looking to escape earth just to go to heaven. So the full gospel is kings who are willing to serve, who knows what it's like to get out in the daily grind and work and still do it with the victory God provides. Thank you. So to me, that's the four gospels. It also includes the healing. It also includes tongues. But it includes every spectrum of... Uh... Okay. We have gifts differing according to the grace given us. Uh, let's go to 1 Peter chapter 2. I was gonna, if I was going to title this anything, it would be Context as King, just as a, as a starting point, um, because the scriptures interpret themselves. If we take, I believe absolutely that God takes a verse and breathes life on it and makes it alive to you and it becomes so personal uh, and this is a living word for you and if you read it in context, it would not even fit but it's a living word for you. But I think the, 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 uh, the basis of our time with God ought to be, Lord, what are you saying in the context of the scripture? You know, I remember studying on one specific subject because I want it to be grounded. And, and God said, I want you to study to show yourself approved. So I was reading, and one day I got this revelation on something, and I waded through where I was fully persuaded it can mean nothing else but that. And I was so thrilled. And, God's, and, I, and I, I heard the Lord say, it's like he showed right up, and he said, you just showed yourself approved. <laughs> study to show yourself approved. A lot of times I used to think that verse was show, show, uh, show yourself approved to God, and it was all about impressing God and he said no no show yourself approved can what you can what you believe about what you believe about can you take it to the bank is this going to work no matter what circumstance you go through is this a solid word and I was like yeah it's a solid word he said well congratulations you just showed yourself approved it's always good to hear a word from church it's my it's a it's an essential part of our Christian walk it's essential not optional uh, so find, make sure the church you're hooked up with is a great church. Uh, there's good churches, there's great churches, and great churches are those who are submitted to a great God. You know, where God's allowed to rule and reign in the individual lives, in the leadership of the church. Um, <clears throat> so First Peter 2. Uh, sorry, let's go to First Peter 4.
this is just another one where um, context is king. Uh, the end of all things is near. Uh, verse 7. Therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. It's pretty easy to throw stones at people, isn't it? I mean, uh, we don't often physically throw stones, but when we start thinking about somebody, do you get on a train of thought and start slandering somebody even in your own mind? You might not have said it, but you start beginning the process. And uh, we're, we're to take captive every thought. Not some thoughts, not just the ones when we feel like, okay, I think I'm going to get ready to serve the Lord right now. No, uh, not 90% of the thoughts. Take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. So think about what you're thinking about. <laughs> when the thought's into your mind and you start dwelling on it, you ought to just hold on there. There should be an alarm go off and say, who goes there? Like, what are, you, what are you bringing to me right now? What are you trying to get from here down into here to affect my pure character? Because the last thing I need to be to somebody is this bottle of water. <laughs> Nobody wants to be a salt water. So be careful what you cultivate because you may end up being the salt water that you end up despising, you know? It was kind of like uh, Joseph's brothers. Um, they weren't happy when their father was alive and they weren't happy when their father was dead. When he, when he died, when their father died, um, Joseph was the only one mourning his death. So sometimes we get caught up in saying, oh, look, this one's crying for his dad. But there was 11 other boys there, and there was, there was like, oh, look who's not crying for you. You know, so there's something about when people that are around you are not mourning what you're going through. You know, there's, there's a condition of the heart where, um, yeah. So anyway, uh, verse 8, above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. And here's the verse. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. If I stopped right there, how many people would think that means have a dinner and have people over? That's what I would think. Um, if you read the next verse, it says, Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others faithfully, administering God's graces in its various forms. Well, we just read grace had various forms. Some of the forms were apostles, some were prophets, some were uh, prophesying, some were uh, serving. So there's various forms of grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it with speaking with the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. So if I said, you know what? Uh, Trevor doesn't have me over to dinner like three nights a week, you know, and how many people want the pastor? I know this is the, this is, uh, I'm not talking about this church, but the church down the street wants the, all the pastor's attention. <laughs> and, uh, well, he doesn't have me over for supper. Well, I submit right here that um, the church offers hospitality by the grace God has given them and administering that grace as hospitality to you. So every time Trevor stands up here every week, he's like, come on over, I have a dinner prepared for you that I want to share with you this morning. I mean, we ought to be grateful for the hospitality that has been extended. 
Uh, also, I don't know who set up in here yesterday. I can only guess. Um, am I guessing who set up here yesterday? <laughs> awesome. Okay. So you are sitting and enjoying uh, the worship this morning, which is phenomenal, by the way. Thank you, worship team. Um, and uh, hopefully the ministry of the word this morning, because people help prepare this. I didn't prepare any of this yesterday. Someone else uh, offered their hospitality, and you're not even aware that the chair you're sitting on, well, I'm sure you are aware, that somebody else had set it up. So they offer, they're, they're, although they're sitting out there somewhere, they're offering hospitality to do this morning by making sure everything has been ready for you today. I mean, that doesn't mean you can't offer people over for a meal and, and get together, but your gift is your hospitality to someone else. When you use it with the grace God has given you, you are giving them hospitality. And sometimes the enemy has targeted people with some confusion. You know, you never invite people over. Well, you're not wired that way, and you don't have a grace given you to do that. But whatever grace you have to do, that's your hospitality to someone else. <laughs> the truth sets you free, and the word is meant to liberate you from lies of the enemy that say, you know what, you're just not doing enough, you know? Because you have faith for what's been deposited in you already. Uh, you know what? There are many people who want to serve God and they're so sincere. They don't have a grace to be a pastor, but they step out into a pastoral role hoping to put faith with a grace that doesn't even exist for them. And wondering why this has been so hard, you know. <laughs> It's been so hard because you're well-meaning, but you're just in the wrong place. And you haven't figured out what your lane is yet. I mean, I've been serving God. Well, I've known God um, from a dedicated moment, probably going on 25 years now. And I'm still searching for my lane in some cases, but it's getting narrower. I'm like, okay, I thought I had to do this. I thought I had to do that. I thought I had to do this. When we just read in Romans, not to think more highly of yourself, that's, that's a caution because the verses after talk about by the grace given you. So it talks about if you have a grace to give, do it cheerfully or generously. And if you have mercy, do it cheerfully. One of the traps of those who are gifted with grace, you think everyone else is wired the same way you are. So you're a generous giver and you start thinking, I give to everybody, how come no one's given to me, blah, 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 blah. Well, God knows that you've been giving, and uh, your reward is from him, and you do it for him. Uh, but it's a bit of a pitfall when we start painting other people with the brush that God has given us, you know. So when it says, do not think more highly of yourself than you ought, it doesn't say don't think highly of yourself. We ought to think highly of ourselves. Man, we are children of the Most High God. When you think more highly of yourself is when you think you're more than what you actually have. You know, uh, if you're the fastest guy on the planet and someone says, are you the fastest guy on the planet? You say, well, as a matter of fact, I am. Is he thinking more highly of himself than he ought? No, that's right in line with the truth. I mean, if he's arrogant about it, well, that's him to deal with, but that's not more highly. Just because you're good at something, you, ought to, you shouldn't go like this. Well, no, that's not really true. If you're the fastest guy, just own it. I'm the fastest guy and enjoy it. <clears throat> That's another thing I love about Catch the Fire. They just enjoy so much what they have. True story? It's a true story. Um, 
1 Peter 2.24. Everybody's heard that verse? If I, didn't, if I didn't say look it up and I said 1 Peter 2.24, who could tell me what that verse is? By his stripes you are healed. We hear that one quoted so much. Um, and, but context is king. If we were to read this, and we're running short on time, so we're not going to read it because the focus of what I wanted was in 1 Peter 2 today. About, uh, I, just let me clarify, um, God heals 100% of the time for everyone who comes to him, is able to believe and receive, they'll get exactly what they're believing for. That's what the Bible says. Um, someone got revelation one time that by his stripes you're healed is a true statement, but this, this verse is not what that's talking about. Okay. Um, well, let's start with First uh, Peter 3. So we'll go a couple verses forward. There's only two verses further ahead. And this is the women's favorite verse in the Bible. Wife, uh, wives, in the same way, submit to your husbands. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Sorry. Okay. First Peter 2, verse 13. Submit yourself for the Lord's sake to every authority instituted among men. Whether they're the king, the supreme authority, or to governors uh, who are sent to punish those who do wrong and, and they commend those who for doing right. I like that. We just don't punish those who do wrong. You commend those who do good. <laughs> for it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorance talk of foolish men. Live as free men, but... Do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as servants of God. Uh, that's a good question. Are we actually living to serve God? Are we, uh, you know, God, um, protect me today, provide for me today. What about, Lord, position me today? You know, position me, because now it's not about me. It's God now. I'm, I'm here to serve you. Uh, position me today. Joseph was one of those guys that was about, I, I'm going to bring his name up a couple of times because I just came out of reading that, where uh, Joseph was positioned in his heart. And he was able to count it all joy. If he, was, he, he was the leader of, uh, of their free world, basically. Um, but prior to that, did he ever demonstrate any leadership ability? I was thinking, no, he never actually ran anything. He was just always in and out of season for God. But he wasn't like a commander of an army. He wasn't running businesses. He was just available. No previous record of being a successful leader, but someone that could be trusted. Some places will hire you because you can trust this person. God will look, he gives favor to those, not who were natural leaders. Joseph wasn't a natural leader, but he could be trusted. He wasn't the firstborn in his family. Uh, he wasn't the, uh, the, the, the first male. In fact, he was way down the list. So why Joseph and not the other brothers? <clears throat> because he could be trusted. You know, and the thing is, can God trust you? Because favor follows those that can be trusted. And, I, and, if, and I'm okay. I'm completely okay with being in on someone else's favor. Like this church is receiving a church building. Are you kidding me? 
we get so used to hearing in our minds, people, I'm believing for this, and, and it kind of loses its punch a bit, that we're all believing for this, but the manifestation of something that huge, I'll get right in behind your favor. <laughs> you know what? You hear, anybody's ever heard of the name Noah in the Bible? How much do you hear about his sons? You don't really hear a whole lot about the sons. You hear more about Noah than you do the sons. I'm okay with being a son of Noah. If Noah's favored, and if I can follow Noah, listen, at least I'm not going to drown with the rest of them. (laughs) You know? Sometimes it's just really good to be someone who's favored and if, it was all, if everybody was equally favored, it would no longer be a favor. It would just be common. You know? So favor is just like, okay, this one. So I'm okay with getting in on someone else's favor and just go ahead and receive the favor on someone else's life, you know? Where are we at here? Okay, we were talking about submission. This is why I can't stay with notes. I'm just all over the place. Okay, verse 18, slaves submit. So we got in verse 13, submit yourselves to the authorities. In verse 18, we got slaves submit yourself to your masters with all respect, not only to those who are good and considerate, but to those who are harsh. Ooh. <clears throat> so for, uh, for the, we look at, oh, it must be hard for the women to have to submit to their husbands. Well, you get the same task of submitting to a master or a boss or whatever, and you do it with the same respect you expect from your wife. Um, for it is commendable, once again, to bear up under the pain of suffering because he is conscious of God. So when you're going through something, where should your mind be? You should be conscious of God. That your, your response to what, how you're being treated is going to do, uh, say a lot about who you've been spending time with. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and endure it, this is commendable before God. If you suffer for doing good and endure it, well, we're in a society, we should just speak up for ourselves. I'm not putting up with that. To, uh, verse 21, to this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. Now, I'm not saying that if you have a voice that you, can't, you shouldn't talk things through with people, you should always try to. That should be the first course. Uh, so there's going to need some revelation on your part that this is not, submission is not permission to, to put up with abuse. Come on, that's a good word. <clears throat> Submission is not Permission to put up with abuse. Uh, Verse 22, he committed no sin, no deceit was found in his mouth. Um, When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. But when he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. So once again, he's conscious of God. He entrusted himself. Sometimes you just don't have a voice. I don't know, maybe it's just me. There are sometimes you just can't bring resolve to something and you are just going through suffering at the hands of people that just like there's almost no escape for. You know? Uh, Joseph didn't have much of escape when he was thrown into the pit. You might be a problem in one person's eyes 
uh, and usually your problem because you've got something that they want. <laughs> That's usually the case. You're, you're the problem because you've got something that they want, which is why when Joseph had the coat of many colors <clears throat> and his brothers heard it, they said, okay, we just need to get rid of this guy. So throw him in the pit. They saw him as a problem, but they, did they know he was going to be their answer later on? Yeah. And, you know, God's got the cross. He's got a double cross of, uh, for those who think, we can just get away with you. You know, we really don't need you. God is going to make you a way. <laughs> your gift will make a way. The grace that's on your life is going to make a way, even of those who resist. Uh, it might be not the easiest road there, but um, I love how Joseph kept his heart the whole way. The proving of his faith, despite all the trials. And Peter, oh boy, uh, all the trials they went through. He said, don't be despised. Don't be shocked by the trials you're going through. It's proving your faith. It's proving who you serve. It's proving what you believe. And God has still make a way for you. Um, so we got Jesus giving us an example. Um, when they hurled insults at him. And then it goes on to 1 Peter 2.24. He himself bore our sins on our body on the tree that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. And I think the sins he's referring to is not retaliating with insults. Because this whole context, if I read the whole book to you, we had time to do that, you'd see it's a lot about your response to what's happening to you. Um, so he didn't retaliate. So sometimes a lot of the sin is you causing strife when someone mistreats you rather than responding back. Blessing it actually goes on and says over in uh, chapter 3 that, well, let's just go there. Verse 8, finally, if you live in harmony with each other, be sympathetic, love as brothers. There's that love word again. Be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil for evil or insult with insult. So there's the theme. But with blessing, because to this you were called, that you may inherit a blessing. So by his stripes you're healed has a lot more to do with you surrendering to God no matter what you're going through emotionally. And God will keep you emotionally whole despite your mistreatment. And a lot of times we think, oh, I'm just being mistreated. And, and we buy into the, uh, or the, the opportunity to buy into the mistreatment starts to affect you. And you can say, no, that's not who I am. And actually in First Peter opens up in chapter 1 about, uh, in this you greatly rejoice, though for a little while you may have to suffer all kinds of griefs and trials, so that your faith of greater worth Then gold, which perishes, though refined by fire, may be proved and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. So, okay, I think, uh, how do I bring this in for landing? If we flipped over to chapter 4. Verse 12, it says, Dear friends, do not be surprised by the painful trial you are suffering as though something strange were happening to you. Um, but rejoice. Okay, so there's the counting of all joy again. Because you're entrusting yourself to a certain someone. 
but rejoice that you participate in the same sufferings of Christ. So that sometimes we're looking to get out of something, and God says, I'm just trying to prove something. You know, I want, this is my landing pad. The Bible says, uh, whether you have wood, hay, or stubble, precious stones, the day will reveal. You know, when I first read that, I thought it was the last day. But the day is whatever day you're tried is going to reveal what you said you believe. <clears throat> oh, I, I believe in forgiveness. Absolutely. Oh, do you believe? Oh, yes, forgiveness. Yeah, I, no problem at all. Until that, this upcoming week, something happens to you, that, that day is going to prove, reveal of what I've been speaking. Is it wood, hay, or stubble? Did it get burnt up by what I just, the trial I just went through? And I survive, of course. But now I'm left with bitterness, anger, resentment, and I, I escape, but I don't have the joy of the Lord. But if what I said was real, and what I had said I, I received from God, I actually said I, I, I know how to forgive, the trial will prove, the day will reveal what you've been carrying. So, uh, which is a good mark for this church, actually, because this church, as anybody hasn't guessed already, has been through at least one or two fires that I know of. <laughs> Well, praise God, because the day reveal what's really on the inside of someone. There are some preachers that something bad happens on a Sunday, and they quit every Monday. They get rehired on Tuesday. They rehire themselves, but they're always in that, I'm just barely struggling getting, you know. But then there's, listen, God, all things are possible. Man, I can do all things. There's the lip service of it, and then there's the day is going to reveal what you actually say. Is it going to pass the, the, the fire of the day? And I'm grateful to be here because I can see that there's a leadership that knows how to pass the fire of the day because what they received is real.